What's up, Coastal? We are so glad you are joining us online today for our church experience. And I believe that God is up to something big in the midst of everything that is going on in this world. That doesn't mean that God doesn't want to come and meet you right where you are this weekend at church. And, you know, I was thinking about our day and our age and everything that's going on. And here's what I know is that when, when things are different, our expectations always change. I remember... Uh, when I was 16 years old, I got up the nerve to finally ask a girl that I had a crush on out on a date. And I don't know if you've ever gotten up the nerve to ask somebody out on a date. And uh, this girl happened to say yes. And so I had this incredible date planned. It was an unbelievable night. We went to dinner at Applebee's because I'm a 16-year-old. It was something that I could afford. It was classy, but not yet over the top. It was a moderate kind of thing. And then we, we were going to go to a movie. So it was dinner and a movie. And we went to go see one of the greatest movies of all time. We went to go see Dumb and Dumber. And so in the middle of this movie, she's laughing. I'm laughing. I'm thinking this date is going better than I even expected. Uh, we get done with the movie. I drive her home. I, I, I don't kiss her on the cheek because I don't want to be pretentious and think that, that we're doing better than what we are. And I drop off at home and I go home and that night and I'm on cloud nine. I think that I have just hit a home run. We have just established this incredible relationship. It's going to be rainbows and butterflies. It's going to be beyond my expectation for the rest of my life. Man, this has got to be my life partner. It's, it's all of that bundled up and my expectations were so high. I remember calling her up the next day and uh, the next day she dumps me. One day, done. Expectations crushed. That girl's name, Shayla Benham, which is now Shayla McCormick. I had such high expectations that day, and in an instant, they were crushed. And here's what I know is that a lot of us in life, we start off with, with extremely, extremely high expectations, and in a moment, they can change. In a moment, because the expectations are high, the emotions are high, the, the attitude is high, and when something starts to go wrong, those expectations can get dashed. You know, one of the places that I've found has the highest and greatest expectations are wedding days. And here's what I know about weddings after having performed hundreds and hundreds of weddings for couples is that the expectation on wedding days are always extremely high. I mean, sweet girls turn into bridezilla in an instant. Mother-in-laws that are typically helpful turn into sometimes wicked witches of the West. It is a crazy environment. And, and they can be some of the most beautiful moments, but it can also be some of the greatest disasters. I've seen groomsmen faint from locking their knees. I've seen uh, people's alarms go off right in the middle of the vows. I was performing one wedding where I was giving the vows to the groom to speak to his future wife. And he wasn't even looking at his wife. He was looking directly at me the entire time. I had to actually go and grab my hands and turn to his spouse and go, you need to talk to her. I'm not marrying you. You're marrying her. I mean, crazy things happen at weddings. And the tenseness that is in that wedding is there because the expectations are so high. And I think that that's a great picture of life. All of us have great expectations 
in life. And because we have great expectations in life, typically there's a lot of tension, there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hope there. And here's what I know right now in this season because of everything that's happening and what people are going through and what's happening in our careers and with our kids at home, a lot of our expectations have been dashed, which means a lot of our hopes, a lot of our dreams, a lot of our desires feel like they've just been whisked away in a moment. And the Bible actually says when we are missing that expectation, or our hope gets delayed, it actually makes our heart sick. And I wanna talk to you a little bit today about a situation that dealt with a relationship that Jesus actually encounters right in the very beginning of his ministry life. It's found in John chapter two. If you wanna turn in your Bibles with me, uh, we're gonna be looking at this story, and it's actually a story that was dealing with high expectations when it came to a wedding day, and this is what it says, starting in verse one. It says, the next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Now, what you need to understand is, uh, Cana is this obscure village away from the, the hype of the city of Jerusalem. It was out in the middle of nowhere. And Jesus shows up to this wedding. It says Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples, which at this point there's about six of them, were also invited to the celebration. It says the wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, meaning Jesus, they have no more wine. Now, you need to understand the cultural implications of being at a wedding ceremony and a wedding celebration uh, in the Jewish culture. In the Jewish culture, it wasn't very much about the wedding. The wedding was a singular event, but there would be seven days of celebration that would happen after the ceremony that would really be what the wedding was all about. It was about the feast, it was about the party that happened afterwards. And can you imagine being at a party where they ran out of something to drink? All of a sudden, it would have been like having a wedding reception with a total meltdown without a pastor there, without food there, without a DJ there, without all of those things, without having a wedding cake. You would never do that in life. And so what happens is that in a moment, the expectations are dashed. And this story is really about something that's so much deeper than expectations being dashed because there's a Jewish saying that says, without wine, there is no joy. And this story is really talking about that in life there are times where we have such high expectations that what it does is when our expectations aren't met, it steals the joy out of our life. And, and really what this story is dealing with is it's dealing with a lot of us what we're going through right now, this emptiness that we feel in our life because some expectations have been dashed. We're facing disappointment. Not, and it's not really the external things that Jesus is addressing here in what this story addresses. It's really addressing an internal problem that we face today. And this miracle that Jesus is gonna perform is not really dealing with a disease. It's dealing with a dis- ease within each and every one of us that we face 
in life today. And this message is dedicated to those of you that you feel like life has given you less than you ever expected. You're home, you're stuck, you're facing financial difficulties, you're homeschooling children that you were never prepared to do. You're worried about your health, you're worried about your future, you're worried about your finances, you're worried about how life has been changed dramatically. And in these moments, we have to recognize that in the middle of these moments where we're facing this dis-ease, we gotta recognize that things may get worse before they get better. And I know nobody wants to hear that right now, but I'm gonna tell you why things may get worse before God actually makes them better in your life. Some of the reasons why they may get worse is because for a lot of us, what we do in these moments is we try to do something on our own ability and our own power. And, and you think about this story, Jesus and his mother and his disciples, they are guests here, but all of a sudden Jesus's mom feels like it's her responsibility to jump in and take control of a situation that she had nothing to do with creating. And sometimes in life, we get impatient with God and we go, you know what? God is not intervening in this moment, so I better put my hands to this. I better try to make this happen. I better do something in this. And what happens is, is we start outpacing God's grace for our life. We are so far ahead of God's grace that God is putting a grace there for us in that moment, but we're running out ahead trying to take things in control. When God is trying to teach us patience, and trust, instead we take over. For others of us, it isn't that we try to take over, it's that all that we do is we just see the problems are there. And I think about Mary in this story, she didn't come to Jesus with hope and expectation, she came to Jesus with a problem. She, she goes, hey Jesus, here's a problem, there's no one. She was all about the gloom and the despair and the bad things that were happening. And so many times when we get in difficult situations, we stop focusing on the potential and we start focusing on all the problems. And we get so focused on the problems, we miss out on the big opportunity that is actually lying there. We take something that's difficult and we make it a mountain out of what was only originally an anthill. For others of us, we live by our feelings rather than our faith. We tend to focus on that natural problem than God's supernatural solution. How many times do we go into a difficult moment and we go to facts and figures first rather than faith and God's ability to move mountains that people would say are impossible to move? And we look at how the world is falling apart and we say to ourselves, God is nowhere to be found, but have we actually searched for him or are we living by our feelings rather than our faith? And for so many of us in the process of getting to the miracle that we see, want to see in our life, we struggle with the process. And here's what I know is that God has a process for every single one of us to walk through. And it's in the process that we learn obedience, that we learn trust, that we learn faith, that we learn how God wants to move inside of us because in the middle of every dilemma that we face, it isn't an exterior thing, it's an interior thing. God is trying to change us 
from the inside out. In fact, Jesus replies to his mother in verse four. He says, dear woman, that's not our problem. In other words, I'm a guest here. This isn't something I created. This isn't something that I made. In fact, Jesus says, my time has not yet come. And so many times what happens in life is when we're facing a problem or we're facing an obstacle, we think God isn't interested in our situation. And God's just saying, my time has not come yet. What that means is that God's delays are not his denials. And some of us feel like, man, God has abandoned us in this moment and God has not abandoned you. He's just delaying an answer because he's trying to do something inside of us in these moments to get us to trust him more and more and more and more and more in life. But I love what Mary responds back to her son in, in verse five. It says this, but his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you, which I think is interesting. Because we know up to this point that Jesus has not performed a single miracle. In fact, the end of this story says that this was the first sign and wonder that he had ever done for people. It's the first recorded sign. What that means is, is that Mary has not experienced a miracle for 30 years. In fact, the last time she experienced a miracle is when an angel from heaven came down and said, hey, you're gonna give birth to the son of God. And for 30 years, she has not seen another miracle take place, but all of a sudden in this moment, she trusted he is the son of God and that he can perform miracles and that he will perform miracles. And what does she do in that moment? If you're taking notes today, she lets go of control. You know what we need to do right now? We need to let go of control. Mary says, hey, do whatever he says. She says, hey, I'm not gonna take control. I'm not gonna take over. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit back and I'm going to allow God to lead in this moment. Which is interesting because Mary had no idea what Jesus would do. Mary has not seen Jesus do any miracles, but it's apparent she believes that Jesus can do something miraculous. She just knew that when things got put in his hands and in his arena, that things had a, probably a tendency to change and transform and, and turn from worse to better or from better to great or from great to unbelievable in life. And and so she goes, I don't, I don't know what, what he's going to do in this moment, but I know that everything that seems to be in his life seems to get better when he's involved with it. And so many times what happens for us is we analyze everything, we theologize everything, and sometimes what we need to do is we just need to give it to God. We just need to let go of our control, which we love, and say, God, I'm going to submit that control to you. And Mary had been around long enough, 30 years with her son, to realize this is a good thing to do. And maybe you're new to faith. Maybe you just started following Jesus, or maybe you've been following Jesus for a while, and you're like, man, it's really hard for me to trust. Here's what I know is when we control, things don't normally turn out better. What if we gave over control to the one who controls it all? Because here's what Isaiah tells us about God. He says, this plan of mine is not what you would work out. Neither are my thoughts the same as your thoughts. 
For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than yours. In other words, God's ways and God's thoughts and God's way of working things out is completely different than how we would try to control and manipulate and dictate things in life. In fact, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the healing of a blind guy. Some guys bring their sick friend to Jesus and Jesus spits in the mud, makes some mud and pushes it in this guy's eyes. And you go, why in the world would Jesus do that? I have no idea, but God does things that I don't understand. And all I know is that at the end of the story, the guy saw. Now, I'm not telling you to go spit and make mud and put it in your eyes, but what I'm telling you is you'll never get a miracle until you lose control. And you do some things that are outside of your natural and ordinary understanding and comprehension. And you go, listen, my ways are not God's ways. My thoughts are not God's thoughts. And God's not looking for us to understand him. What he's looking for us to do is to be obedient to him, which means I'm going to surrender to him. It says in verse six, standing nearby were six stones of water jars used for ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. And what, what, what God is trying to do inside of every single one of us is, is what we need to allow to do is when we begin to let go of control, number two, what we have to do is we have to let God work in us. You have to let God work in you. Because what Jesus does in this story is he takes the opportunity to solve a problem and teach a truth at the same time. And, and the two are totally unrelated to the original problem. I call it a twofer. Jesus is going to give you a twofer right here. He took something that was known for exterior, exterior cleansing from the ceremonial wall, which were these big stone pots that were full of that. And so what would happen is you would walk in and you would scrub all the dirt off you out of tradition and rules and regulation and religious thing. And he says, hey, hey, listen, I'm not looking to do religious things in you. I'm looking to do transformational things in you. And some of us, we've lived with rules and religion for so long, and God is trying to wash that away. He's going, listen, it's not about rules and religion. It's about a relationship. And it's time for us to break some tradition so you can actually get to know me. He says, man, I, I want you to see that rules and religion don't bring life, but what does bring life is this living water that I'm gonna put inside of that. And so if you'll get outside of that and see it differently, I will do something different inside of you. But it's also telling us that God wants to take care of our physical needs. But on top of taking care of our physical needs, what he wants to do is he wants to meet our spiritual need to be full of joy and full of life. And God is trying to work in you right now in the middle of your problem, in the middle of your dilemma, if you'll allow him to. And then this is what Jesus said to the servants in verse seven. It says, fill the jars with some water. It says, when the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out. And take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instruction. Which is interesting because the servants are there. They had no idea what was going to happen. In fact, if I was a servant in that instant, you're like, man, we just put water in the place where people cleanse themselves. 
It's dirty, it's nasty. Now you want me to dip that out, put it in the glass and take it to the person that's in charge of this ceremony. I'm taking some dirty, nasty water to them. I know what's gonna happen. But what did they do in that moment? They trusted him because they, they knew that God was trying to do something in them that they couldn't see themselves. Maybe right now God is trying to work in some really odd and different ways in your life than you could have ever seen or expected right now. But we've been so standoffish to allowing him to do that work. We keep pushing back. And what we need to do in this moment is we need to say, God, I'm going to stop pushing back and I'm going to start being obedience. I'm going to start actually doing the things that you asked me to do. Because if we want the miracle that God has for our life, we have to be obedient to the orders God gives us in life. And most of us want the miracle, we just don't want the orders. Most of us want the finished product, we just don't want the process of making the product. And there are some things that we have got to do, we have got to allow God to work in those areas of our life and to change us and to transform us inside. And here's what I know is when that miracle is taking some time, when that answer is taking some time, it's really easy and natural for us to go, God, why is this taking so long? In fact, I would encourage you, stop praying, God, why are you taking so long? And start asking God, what are you trying to teach me in this process? What is it that I need to learn? What is it that I need to change? What are you trying to transform inside of me that I can't see yet, but yet you're working something for good even though I haven't seen the good happen yet? And so these servants take off and they're walking with this. And I think that they give us a clue to number three. That they're expecting the best. And this is what it says in verse 9. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. What Jesus is saying is, is he's saying, like so many times we're running to the things of this world to give us significance, to give us joy, to give us hope. And here's what I know. Initially, those things give us a confidence. They give us, they give us uh, uh, some happiness in life. But how many of you know you get that new car and you're extremely happy in that moment, but six months later, that car does not give you happiness any longer? Why? Because the happiness has ran out. But what God is saying here is he's saying, hey, listen, listen, when I give you joy, I give you a joy that is not only here for today, but it continues all the way to the end. The best is not on the front end. The best is all the way through. Like it's going to be something that's continually filling in your life. In other words, the world always serves its best and most appetizing up front and then gives you leftovers the rest of the time. God says, no, 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 that's not how I roll. That's not how I work. God gives the best on the front end and then continues to give his best throughout the process. And I want to encourage you today, let's not doubt our God, but let's believe the best about him and let's begin to raise our level of hope. 
Let's begin to raise our level of expectation because when we raise our level of expectation, even though we haven't seen it come to fruition yet, you know what happens? God shows up in ways that we've never even imagined. In fact, I heard this story uh, about this young boy that went to a candy shop with his mother. And as he was walking around the candy shop with his mother, there's jars of, of candy all over the place. And the owner of the store says, hey, little boy, why don't, you, why don't you go ahead and grab some candy out of this jar? And the little boy doesn't do anything. And again, they're walking throughout the shop. And the, sh the owner of the shop says, hey, hey, if, little boy, would you like some candy? Go ahead and reach your hand in here and grab some candy. And of course, the mom's like, son, you can go ahead and, and grab the candy. And the, and the son doesn't grab the candy. And so what the shopkeeper does is in that moment, he reaches into the candy jar with his hands and grabs a handful of candy. And the boy puts out both of his hands and the shopkeeper puts the candy into both of his hands. And he begins to fill his pockets with the candy. Of course, the mother is very appreciative. And as they get in their car and they're driving home, the mom looks at the little boy and she says, son, why did, when the shopkeeper asked you to get some candy, why did you not reach in and get the candy? Like, why would you not take that opportunity right there? And here's what the little boy said. He said, mom, mom, my hands are really small. And if I would have grabbed the candy, I could only take a few. But did you see how big the owner of the store's hands were? His one handful filled both of my hands. Look at how much more I got by letting him do it. And I think that there's a moral in that story for all of us. When we try to take control, then we try to live and make our expectations happen on our own. We may be able to grab a little bit. But when God reaches down and he gives He gives way beyond our expectation. He gives way beyond what we could think or imagine. When we trust God, he gives us Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us. See, God's got the best and he's got so much more than what you and I settle for. Think about this in this story. There were five to six pots of 20 to 30 gallons. And they dipped out one cup and it was the best. They had 100 to 180 gallons of the best wine, that would have lasted more than seven days of a celebration. Why? Because when God gives, he gives immeasurably more 
than all we could ask or imagine. And I don't know what you're believing God here for today. I don't know what you're wanting God to do in your life, but I know this, that we serve a God that has always gone above and beyond. When we begin to surrender control, when we allow him to work within us and we believe the best is yet to come. And maybe you're out there today and maybe you've never surrendered control. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to this God that is a miracle worker, that is a game changer, that is an expectation raiser, that is a God that can do immeasurably more than all you could ask or imagine. And here's the deal. It begins with a simple prayer. It begins with you recognizing that God loved you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, who we're talking about in this story to come to this earth and live a perfect life, the life that you and I could never live. In fact, he surrendered control of being a God deity to become a man just like you and I. To die a death that we all deserved on the cross of Calvary so that we could experience life. And he actually says a more abundant life. And maybe you're out there and you need to pray that prayer It goes like this, and you can pray it in your heart as I pray it out loud. God, thank you for sending your son to die for me. Forgive me of my sin. I believe that he came to this earth and paid a price that I could not pay and rose again to give me a life that I could not live. God, come into my heart. Come into my life. I surrender control. Take over as my Lord and Savior. Rule and reign in me. I love you. Fill me with your joy. Those empty places in my life, go and fill every nook and cranny of them with your immeasurably more than I could ask or imagine. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you just made a decision to follow Jesus, I just want you to know you made the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. In fact, uh, right now there are some people on Facebook, on our church online platform, on on our YouTube page that you could you could go ahead and they're gonna put a link there in the feed that you could click and let us know that you made a decision to follow Christ and we wanna give you some tools and some resources to help you in this journey of faith that you're making today. We also want you to know that we're a church that's all about community. We're all about doing life together. And this weekend, we have a great opportunity for you to get involved in community on our website at Coastal Community. TV slash groups. We have an opportunity for you to get involved in connect groups that are happening digitally all over Broward County and Palm Beach County. We'd love for you to get involved in community so you don't have to walk through this life alone. So you can have some people that will encourage you and build you up and help you walk through the different aspects of life. Because one of the things that we believe here at Coastal is we should never do life alone because we have a God that has never left us or forsake us. We need to have some people in our life that are for us, that are in our corner, that will encourage us. And I wanna encourage you to get involved in a connect group. It's gonna be incredible connect group season. Church, we love what God is doing here. We can't wait for you to get involved on our daily devotionals or our boredom busters that are happening Monday through Friday. We love you. We can't wait to see you next week. God bless.